Hello, this is your host, Dana Schaefer. Welcome to the Shadow Society, where I will share creepy, true stories. We meet each week right here, and if you have a true story you'd like to share about ghosts, cryptids, demons, head scratchers, time slips, stalkers, close calls, intruders, and more, if it's creepy and it happened to you, we want to hear it. And it might just be included in one of the next meetings of the Shadow Society. Send them to shadowsocietypodcast at gmail.com or check the links in the description. Now on to the stories. Dim the lights, light a candle, and remember, don't let the shadows in. I grew up in a small Scottish village with a population of around 100 people. The village has one shop, one pub, one park, a church, and a graveyard. Our house is even more remote and a 20-minute drive from the epicenter of village life. My weekly entertainment was my dad driving into the village every Saturday night to get drunk at the pub, while me and my ADHD brother played in the village forest down the road from this pub. Our dad would get us cans of Coke, which was the highlight, and then we would run deep into the forest high on sugar, climbing trees, building huts, and just having a great time. We would stay out until it was pitch dark, and then eventually drag our dad out of the pub. He would never come and retrieve us like he did this time. One night, as we were playing deep in this forest, my leg got stuck in some deep, thick mud. It got jammed right up to my knee, and I couldn't pull it out, and neither could my big eight-year-old brother. I started to freak out and cry uncontrollably. I thought that this was the end of me. I thought it would sink into the mud and never be found again. My crying freaked my brother out even more, so he ran back to the pub to get our old man. At this point, it was starting to get dark quite fast, and I was still alone with my legs stuck. We were deeper into the forest than usual, so I knew I was going to be alone for a good 15 to 20 minutes. Not a good situation to be in, I thought. As I was crying and waiting, in the corner of my eye, I saw someone run towards me. It wasn't from the direction of the pub, but from further within the forest. I couldn't make out any major details initially. The person was blurred. I was hoping my dad would turn up at this point, and this new person would promptly stop running towards me. But nope. The person got closer into my field of vision and I could make out more details. She was a girl and looked sort of around my age, which was six years old. I knew there was something strange about her, though, because she was wearing a dark gray 1800s Victorian dress. I was certain now that she was running straight towards me and getting closer with every step. She came up to within two meters of me and stopped. My leg was still stuck in the mud. Her eyes locked onto mine. I said, hello. No reply. No smile. Just stared deep into my eyes. What's your name? I asked her. Still no reply. Still her black eyes were locked onto mine. I didn't think she was a ghost or anything. She just dead-eyed stared at me for a very long time. She moved a little closer, not breaking eye contact. 
Time suddenly seemed to move fast, and she simply turned around and sprinted back into the dark woods. Almost immediately after she ran off, my drunken dad stumbled into the forest, mumbling and swearing under his breath, with my brother following behind. I knew every single kid in that village and had never seen her before. The direction she came from and ran back into was just trees for miles, and nobody lived there. Her clothing was so weird compared to anything else I had ever seen. The forest was not the kind of place little girls would be running around in, let alone late into the night. I definitely wouldn't have played in there at night if I didn't have my big brother. I never saw her again in the village or in the forest, but would have loved to know who she was. She was definitely human in my opinion, just a very strange human who was drawn towards my loud crying and distress. So I'm not the brightest person ever, nor are my sisters and cousins. So one night, we get the best idea ever. We're going to play hide-and-go-seek at night. So let me give you the lay of the land. We're on my aunt's property, a flat, open, grassy plain with a pole barn and a small house, with a forest at the edge of the property that slopes downhill a good 50 feet. We all grab flashlights. Note that all of the lights gave off a yellow color. And some of us grab a few crappy Walmart walkie-talkies. I was the first seeker, so I waited inside while everyone else ran off. After a minute, I head out, and right away I can hear faint laughing and see blue lights off in the woods. I didn't know at the time that all of our lights were yellow, so I head off into the woods following the laughing and the blue lights. Every once in a while, the light would vanish, and the faint laughing would stop. At the time, I thought that the hiders had seen me and ran out of the woods, so I went back to the grassy area. This happened two or three more times before I saw something. It looked like a short person, but since it was dark, I didn't get too good of a look at it. I thought I'd found them, but the short person ran into the woods so I ran after them. When I ran up to the entrance of the forest, a sudden feeling comes over me that feels like a hand gripping my heart. Words come into my head. If you keep chasing that, you will die. Kind of spooky, but who am I to dispute it? I just got on my walkie-talkie and told everyone that I'm done. I make my way back to the house. It's then that I see that everyone has yellow lights. And what's worse, when I asked them who was in the woods, they all said it wasn't them. After thinking about it for a while, I realized that all of those lights I was seeing in the woods were at least 20 to 30 feet in the air. I'm a preacher's kid. I grew up with my mom, dad, and older brother. Most of my life, I lived in a parsonage. A parsonage is a house provided by the church to the preacher and his family. Contrary to popular belief, ministers make very little. Unless you're Joel Olstein or preach at a megachurch, preachers make just above the poverty line. That's why I knew it was a calling for my dad. I definitely knew he wasn't in it for the money, 
but I'm not here to push my religious beliefs or win you over to the virtues of my family. I'm here to tell you about the haunting. I will be touching on religious topics, but only where the story demands it for context. My family moved into the parsonage in the late 90s when I was 10. I fully believe there were dark things already waiting there for me. I'm in my 30s now, and I still look back on those times with absolute terror. This was before Zach Baggins told us about EVPs and residual hauntings, before the Paranormal Activity franchise made my story cliché, and before YouTubers had listed videos about types of hauntings, and before I knew that the first signs of a demonic haunting is the appearance of shadow people. Like I said, I'm an adult now. I've done my research. I've tried to debunk everything. Part of me sincerely hopes it isn't real. I wish a doctor would have diagnosed me with a mental disorder that caused hallucinations. I wish I would have found out my room was getting too much carbon monoxide. I wish there was an actual human intruder secretly living in the attic. Because the alternative is just too much. It's too dark. I had to grow fast, or I would have been consumed by the abyss of nihilism. I was only ten years old, dealing with ageless, hateful entities. I believe this creature was already there at the parsonage when we moved in. Maybe somebody knew it was for preachers, and they put a curse on it. Now it was just lying dormant, waiting for something to call it, to channel it. So now we need to talk about the movie Event Horizon. I'm not saying the sci-fi movie directed by Paul W.S. Anderson is an evil movie. I just think the darkness at my house used the movie, like how spirits use a seance or Ouija board to grow stronger. It used my fear of the movie to manifest itself. My parents knew the negative consequences of keeping their kids sheltered for too long. My parents knew being too strict would have the opposite effect on us when we left the house. They didn't want to let us become adults being naive and with no self-control. We would bolt towards bad decisions like a dog finally let off his chain. So I grew up on Terminator 2, edited for TV, Jason movies, and all the diehards, also edited for TV. I loved the Aliens and Predator movies. And Doom 64 was my favorite game on my Nintendo. So you can see why me and my brother wanted to rent Event Horizon after seeing the previews. Which makes you think aliens are the bad guys. Well, spoilers for a 20-year-old movie. It's not aliens. It's about hell. Like the literal hell from the Bible. Think of the horrors of the warp from Warhammer 40k. I won't spoil it any further for those wanting to see the film, but there is one scene in particular that effed me up. If you've seen the film, you know the scene I'm talking about. The scene shows people being tortured in hell. I actually love the movie now and own it on Blu-ray, but that scene scared the crap out of a ten-year-old me. I shrugged it off pretty cool-like in front of my older brother until the nighttime came. Once again, I started thinking about that movie and that scene. My young mind started questioning everything with Sunday school logic. 
Do people really go to hell? Is that what it's like? What if we all go to hell? What if I do? How do I even comprehend eternity? What if there's no heaven, only the darkness afterward, only hell? I was having an existential crisis before I hit puberty. This wasn't like all the other spooky movies I had been scared by. This was crushing. And then the physical things started happening. My eyes wouldn't adjust to the lack of light in my room. There was pitch black darkness all around me. I started to shiver in my bed because it was cold all of a sudden. I felt cold tendrils snaking up my leg, chest, and finally shoulders. Me and my brother shared the same room, but I was too scared to call out for him. I felt like the darkness was right in front of my face. I felt like something in the darkness would lash out and bite me, like a snarling wolf hovering over its prey. Somehow, in my shivering, terrified state, I fell asleep. The dream I had was vivid and grim. In my dream, I was standing naked in a forest. A great tree stood in front of me. It stretched high into the sky like a building. I could see dots of color up in its green tree limbs. It was bearing fruit. I knew, like you do in dreams, that I was in the Garden of Eden. And this was the tree of knowledge, of good and evil. Beside me stood Adam and Eve, both naked and afraid. That's when I noticed I was naked, and cold, and scared also. I could feel the cold wind against my skin. Suddenly vines shot up the tree. Giant jack-in-the-beanstalk vines, with giant foot-long thorns protruding outwards from them. The vines spiraled all the way up the tree, strangling it. The thorns on the vines jutted out in every angle, making the vines impossible to climb. I saw glistening liquid dripping from the tips of the thorns. Somehow I just knew it was poison, and it would kill me on contact. Then I heard a voice from far up in the tree. Adam and Eve and I looked up to see a gigantic snake staring down from the tree branches. The snake's massive red eyes glowing down at us like spotlights. No salvation for you, the snake hissed down at us, venom in its voice. God has forsaken you, and we will all burn together. I woke up shaking and terrified, but unlike most dreams that fade upon waking, I felt the nightmare grow stronger upon waking. It felt like there was a presence in the room with me now. Think of the feeling you got when your teacher asked you to do a problem on a chalkboard, and you could feel the entire class staring at your back. Or when you walk by a yard with an aggressive dog in it, the dog only kept away by a fence. You can feel the violent intent directed towards you. You can feel the eyes on you. It felt like it was in my closet, or in the dark corner, or maybe on the roof above me, or it could be peeking at me from the foot of my bed. This night was when the waking nightmare began. I was scared all the time. There always felt like a malicious presence was around me. I was always cold and lethargic. The cold was a lonely cold. I felt like hope had been stripped from me. 
I could not think of anything happy or warm. My optimistic childhood mindset had been ripped out of me. No matter how much I tried, my mind always returned to the hopeless and lost feeling. I just didn't have the mental maturity to fight through it. From what I can recall, this went on for at least six months. My parents noticed something was different. When I told them how I felt, they just thought I had been spooked by a scary movie, and I would get over it. So a couple of lonely and scared months passed. I talked rarely and always wanted to be around someone, so I didn't feel alone with the presence. I think I started getting better when summer ended and I went back to school. For most of the day, I was surrounded by classmates and friends, but the darkness always returned to my heart when I got home. Soon as I crossed the threshold, it felt like the cold weight of despair had dropped inside my stomach, making me weak and sullen. Finally, my brain started telling me I wasn't in danger. I always felt like I was about to be hurt, like I was a prisoner with a guillotine hanging over my head. But after months, I realized there was no danger, only the feelings of dread. I started trying to take back my life. I started to ignore the unyielding feeling of despair and emptiness, but this only made things worse. YouTube, Google, and even MySpace weren't a thing yet. There was nobody to teach me about hauntings, and nobody who would really listen. And most of all, there was nobody to teach me about shadow people. I think ignoring whatever entity upset it. Like a petulant child, it wanted all my attention. So it started acting out more. It started trying to get me afraid again. It began trying to steal my joy. It was trying to get me to think about it every day, trying to get me to worship it in its own vile way. So let me set the scene for you. The hallway outside my room ran to a small foyer area where the front door was located. From the foyer, you had two options, the doorway to the left that ran through the living room or the door on your right that led through a dining room area. From each of those rooms, you can continue into the kitchen and the side entrance. Also, during this time, there was a string of burglaries and auto burglaries in the neighborhood. The neighborhood was on high alert, and my dad feared our house was too vulnerable because the side entrance had a door with a big glass window. My dad feared a burglar could easily look in to see everything and break the window to unlock the door. I was 12 at this time. I was a scrawny, acne-ridden kid, and I knew it. So I had a plan. If I saw a burglar, I would yell in a deep voice, pretending to be a bigger and tougher than I was. So keep that in mind. I always would walk through the living room when going to the kitchen. The lights in the living room needed to be replaced, so they would flicker a couple of times before turning on. I hated that because every time I hit the switch, I swear I could see something moving in the darkness. Then the light would come on to reveal nothing. During the strobe effect, I would only see the figure when it was dark. The figure would duck behind the couch, be sitting on the love seat, or crouched on the carpet. All this kept up for weeks. I didn't want to think it was supernatural. I wanted it to be a trick of the light. I wanted all of the spirit stuff behind me. 
I wanted to grow up and not be afraid of silly things like ghosts and demons, but it got to the point that I would look down as the light blinked and only lifted my head once it fully clicked on. One night, I didn't look down. I was back in my parents' room talking with my dad. He suddenly asked me to get him a soda from the kitchen. I was in a good mood and in a hurry to get back to the conversation with my dad. I ran and flicked on the light, looking straight ahead. As the light flickered on and off, I saw the pure black outline of a seven-foot-tall man. It stood in the middle of the room, facing me head-on, like it was challenging me. What made this different was when the light was on, it didn't disappear. And when the light was off, I could see its black outline against the darkness around it. Think of it this way. Take a cardboard cutout of a person, spray-paint it black and put it in a non-lit room. The dark cutout would still stand out against its surrounding. You still would be able to see it because it was darker than its surroundings. The thing just stood there, blacker than black, flaunting its existence to me. Being confronted with this, my brain screamed, It's real! It's really here! So it has to be a burglar! In my fake, deep voice, I screamed, Hey, a-hole! What are you doing in here? The thing stood there for a while, and I was hit with a sudden realization that it wasn't a man, but a featureless shadow. It slowly floated backwards, never turning from me as the light flickered. It eventually drifted around the corner, into the kitchen, and out of my view. Only then did the lights turn on. My dad heard me scream and came running. I told him I saw a person so I wouldn't look crazy. My dad searched the house and checked the side door. The door was still locked. Let's just say that my parents didn't take me very serious with spooky stuff. It was only ten years later that my mom admitted something supernatural was happening. But that's its own story. And my dad half admitted that the house felt different. Even now, I can't explain it. I thought maybe I was hallucinating or had mental problems. I'm not saying these things are a blessing, but at least I could get medication or do something to help end the nightmare. I don't want any of this to be real. I hope one day I can debunk all of it. I never saw the shadow people anywhere else but the parsonage. And worst of all, family and friends started seeing them there, too. It was good to see you again tonight. As always, I hope you enjoyed these true stories and will join us again next week. If you did like it, please subscribe and share with your friends. Feel free to leave a review. Remember, we'd like to hear your stories, too. Also, come visit us on Facebook and Instagram. This concludes this week's meeting of the Shadow Society. Until next time, don't let the shadows in.